Welcome to Shout Out Patriots. And I'm not real sure where I want to start today, but I think I'm going to introduce our panel. How about that? So we have Alec Rooney, who is the news editor for Christian Action Network. Substituting today for Pastor Jason Bender is Patty Perucci. She's the former news editor of Christian Action Network, but she's a current freelance writer for our organization. We have Michael Moyer as producer of the show. And out in Columbus, Ohio, we have David Carroll, who's the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is the sponsor of Shout Out Patriots. So we got some craziness going on in Virginia this past week. And David, uh, you have some details on that. So why don't you uh, lead us off? All right. Well, the, the first thing is about a, a, uh, a journalist by the name of David Levitt. <laughs> when a, he saw a, a something from a mother who said that she teaches her daughter real American history, and she refuses to, uh, this is about Columbus Day, she refuses to join the radical left's campaign to erase history. Levitt went crazy, and he called on his supporters to file complaints with child welfare, and he got on the line to file a complaint with child welfare himself, and he waited 45 minutes and complained that he had to wait 45 <laughs> minutes while people with real problems were trying to get into child welfare. This guy exhibits to me mental illness, uh, and he's a danger to himself and to the community, if he's tying up phone lines, making false reports to child welfare. So Mr. Levitt, by the way, is a journalist, and he's written for uh, such publications as Yahoo and CBS. And he felt that this woman, and her name is uh, Ramirez, I believe that's her last name. She wrote, she tweeted something. Yeah, she, she? tweeted, uh, here's what she tweeted. I teach my daughter real American history. I refuse to join the radical left's campaign to erase history. And then Levitt went crazy and he tweeted out, why are you celebrating torture, rape, murder, and enslavement? Can mm. someone please call Child Care Services on Tina Ramirez, who's teaching her child to be a racist? So um, I guess nobody heard the call and he decided to do it himself? Yeah, well, <laughs> he wanted his 300,000 followers to join in the call. Now, if you send that out, and you call Child Protective Services, which is the more accurate uh, phrase he should have used, you're on the phone. You just tweeted out to 300,000 other people to call Child right. Protective Services. A lot of them are as loony as you are. Yeah. <laughs> are you surprised that you're now on the phone for 43 minutes waiting for someone to <laughs> answer point. it, right? right? Anyway, so after this long wait and no one answering his call, he tweeted out, this is unacceptable. How many people try to report child abuse and hang up? How many children will continue to be abused? So he's accusing this Tina Ramirez, who, by the way, is Hispanic, who yep. has a black child. The child is black, right? Yeah. As, as being a racist, Child Protective Services should come out, investigate this situation, and possibly rip those children from her arms. Just now, because she tweeted something in support of Columbus Day. Yeah. That's now, all she did. You work with uh, Child Protective Services, right? In some, I do form, locally. Right? Yes. Yeah. And the idea that somebody would tie up their resources with something like this—that's the really offensive part of this. Well, that's just how insane these people are. I mean, this, it's right. crazy. Or they just think... how completely self-centered they are. They can't see anything but their own cause and their own rage 
and their own offensive things. Well, I, I mean, imagine te- worrying about somebody else's kid so much. You're not teaching your kid what I want to be teaching my kids, so I'm going to call protective right. services on right. you. So I'm going to tie up <laughs> valuable services to other Virginians. Yeah, so give us Virginians some hope, Alex. So he hung up because he waited. He had to wait too long for someone to answer the phone. But if someone actually answered the phone and he tried to report this mother uh, for being a racist, I would hope Child Protective Services would hang up on him. What do you think would have happened if he got through? What would they have done? I don't work with them in that kind of capacity, but I can I can see them sort of gently trying to deflect this because <laughs> it's just they've got so many things that are way, way, way more pressing that they have to they have to pay attention to. If he could have gotten through, it seems to me that he and he made that kind of report, he should be prosecuted for making a false criminal complaint. Uh, and he and people can be, you know, that's when you tie up public resources with false complaints, that is a crime. And so he is trying to commit I agree, a crime. I agree. And, right. and and getting his followers to call, if his, if his followers were the problem with his 43-minute wait, they're tying up public resources. Uh, and and he really deserves to be prosecuted for, for that if that's what was happening. Uh, well, you know they don't get that. That side of the aisle does not get prosecuted or have to accept responsibility for anything they do. Well, DSS is having to deal with um, children who are who are abused and neglected, and they're you know the mothers are getting beaten up, um, the children are living in squalor, you know actual actual abuse and neglect, and not someone tweeting something about a holiday that's been around for you know decades and decades. Now, I think what got Levitt so upset is that Tina Ramirez, even though she tweeted that out, isn't just a mother who uh, is not known to people. She is a Virginia State Senate candidate. Yeah. And so he's already upset at her. He doesn't like her politically. And so now he's just going to make a big deal out of it. And, you know, what's this sort of a journalist publicity stunt? In other words, I want to shame her before the elections. Right. Get her all in the news about being a racist. He has no real intent of getting her really in trouble with Child Protective Services. He just wants to slam and muddy her name between now and the elections. He wants a free campaign ad. Yeah, he does. I think that's what he was after, and he probably got it, but I think he also muddied his own name. But that's not the only craziness going on in Virginia. David, tell us the other craziness. Yeah, there's a a woman by the name of Elizabeth Guzman, and she has promised that she is going to offer a bill to criminalize parents failing to affirm their LGBTQ, LSMFT children. That's not really clear what it would be, but it's, that's pretty scary. I, I want to be clear that Elizabeth Guzman, she is a current House delegate for the Virginia State Legislature. She represents the 31st uh, District of Virginia. That sits between Manassas and Fredericksburg. Uh, she's a former social worker, and she is promising to reintroduce this bill to make it a felony, uh, possibly a felony. She, she's not real clear on that. Let me read to you what she has to say about what penalties parents might face if they do not affirm their child's gender identity. She says, well, we first have to complete an investigation. It could be a felony. It could be a misdemeanor. But we know that a CPS charge could harm your employment, could harm their education, because nowadays 
Many people do a CPS database search before offering employment. Mm. So she's got a multi-plan here, right? Right. She she's, wants to. She's targeting your livelihood. Yeah, she, she wants to either put you in jail for a felony or in jail for a misdemeanor, but yep. she certainly wants to hurt your chances of employment and just ruin your life if you do not reaffirm your child's sexual identity. Right. So, I mean, when I was a young kid, I said I wanted to grow up to be a tree. And if my parents did not, you know, uh, affirm that to me, they'd have been child abuse. Yeah. But I wonder in the years ahead, will there be a penalty for the parents that transition these kids when they want to detransition? What's really going on here is it's all about money. The American yeah. Medical Association, which is a left-wing organization, has come out to promote uh, at hospitals going ahead and doing these surgeries. It's about money. Uh, let's see, there, there was a, a university hospital that was advertising these the services. Uh, uh, and fortunately, the public came out, their complaints about them, they dropped that. Vanderbilt University was. So right. the, the medical people are all about making money. They're not about health care. We know that from all the CDC stuff. They're about making money. Whatever making happened money to all that Hippocratic Oath stuff? Do, do no harm. Yeah, what happened to do no harm? Right. Hey, we got a, we got that coming up later in the program. But that's I want, a good one. That's a good story to bring up it next. Is. Well, uh, Elizabeth Guzman, the delegate in Virginia, who's proposing that you face misdemeanor uh, felony charges. Real quick, just to make a yeah. uh, statement, it's I, I believe it's pronounced Guzman. 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 Yes. Guzman. Okay. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth Guzman, uh, who wants to make it a felony or a misdemeanor if you do not reaffirm your child. She was asked the question about. What about Christian parents, though? You know, parents who do not believe in gender nonconforming identities or kids that claim to be gays or lesbians and will refuse to support that. Here's her answer to that. And it amazes me how people on that side can reach into the Bible and defend this craziness. Here's what she said in response. The Bible says to accept everyone for who they are. So that's what I tell them when they ask me that question. And that's what I will continue to tell people. You know, we all have a commitment to God. And for those believers out there, we know that there's life after life. I think she meant life after death. But anyway, life after life. And there's going to be a conversation between that person and God and what we are after. She wants to say in a verse that says, accept people for who they are and use it to say, accept people for who they aren't. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. After, yeah. after a surgical procedure. <laughs> right. You know, her point, though, is just that not only should you face criminal charges now, but when you go to meet God in her life after life experience, you got to face, you know, the author judgment. of life and yeah. the judgment of you of not affirming your child's non conforming gender, gender identity. They will just say absolutely anything. It is just appalling. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see God's face mm. when, uh, when he's faced with that situation. I'd be afraid to see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This news out of Boston. They have created a version of COVID that will kill you up to 80% more than the current version of COVID. So researchers at Boston University say they have developed a new COVID strain that has an 80% kill rate following a serious or similar experience first thought to have started the global pandemic. 
We know what that is. Just in time for the elections, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, let's release that out there and get those mail-in ballots going. Uh, the variant is a combination of the Omicron and the original vi virus in Wuhan that killed 80% of the mice that was infected with it, the university said. When the mice were only exposed to Omicron, they only experienced mild, mild hmm. symptoms, right? So you get this one, you've got an 80% chance of dying. They called it an 80% kill rate of the mice in the experiment. Yeah. But I'm going to pour cold water on this. Sorry. Um, the original test of the original virus killed 100% of the mice, according to information that's come out since this story came out. And so this one is actually less lethal. And the the medical center that's doing the research is backing way off. They're saying that this story, this is a really sensationalized story, and we shouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, I believe them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, why are too. we continuing to do these experiments? I thought we had pulled the plug on this. I know. People are getting paid to do something. I, I don't know where you're getting your information, but I am going to tell you what the quotes are from actual scientists out there about this. Professor Shamel Shapira, a leading scientist at the Israeli government, disagrees and says, this should be totally forbidden. It's playing with fire. Dr. Richard Eyebright, a chemist at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, Brunswick, New Jersey, said the research is a clear example of gain-of-function research. Professor David Livermore, a professor of microbiology at UK's University of East Anglia, mm -hmm. told the Daily Mail, given the strong likelihood that the COVID pandemic originated from the escape of a lab-mutated coronavirus in Wuhan, these experiments seem profoundly unwise. But you didn't bring your notes with you, did you? <laughs> You got to look no, about I was, I was looking yeah, at I, I'm prepared to defend my stuff. <laughs> okay, well, you, now, you go feel free to panic. You can if you want. Well, um, what do you mean, panic? <laughs> well, I think it's just ridiculous that they would be doing any kind of experimenting on this virus in, in a way that would gain its, um, <clears throat> excuse me, function to be more lethal than what any version of the coronavirus they're working on. So w which part is supposed to be wrong? That it, you know, that uh, it's not eight times more deadly than the it, it, I think right. what he was saying is that it's eight times more likely than the Omicron version, but not the original version. The original version killed 100%, but the Omicron version killed obviously less than 80%. They did uh, some research and gain-of-function research on it, to make it more deadly than the Omicron version that is out now, is what it sounded but to me. But less than the original variant. Correct. That's yeah. the way that Alex's so somewhere in statement sounded to me. I didn't read what Alex well, was, I was talking like, about. When I looked up the, this news story, um, I was looking at things from 24 hours ago, and they were very panicky. And then the things from three and five hours ago were more like, well, wait a second. This, this, this isn't... This wasn't the big, huge, you know, the Daily Mail, I think, ran it first. Okay, but and they have kind of a reputation. Yeah, but but now you, they have a reputation. They all have a reputation. <laughs> yeah, now. They they do. Do. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> but what I, what I remember reading was that, okay, it has an 80% kill rate. And it's this virus is very lethal to mice. And mice aren't a really great disease model for human beings. Yeah, They well, say ferrets are a much better one. Kind of reminds me about Dr. Fauci coming out and saying, no need to wear a mask because it's not going to protect you. Oh, suddenly, please wear a mask because it's going to protect you. Well, and then he started putting three or four masks Now wear two off. or three, yes. Now we're, you know. <laughs> so, you know, for these scientists to once 
first come out and go, oh, it's deadly, and somebody else come out and say, oh, it's you know that's right. exaggerated. Are we really going to believe what these scientists are saying? I'm throwing this out here because it's out there. We don't know because we're not medical people. We're not scientists. We hear this. It's not something you want to hear, though, right? You do not want to hear a gain-of-function experiment going on that has the possibility of being deadlier than the COVID virus that was already out there, and then hope that the people that come out a week later and say, oh, no, no, all that was exaggerated. Oh, now we're going to trust what but they have to say. look how quickly they got us, you know, terrified again. Which and one is going to draw more eyeballs for advertisers? Well, and you know, I want to say that um, when we when uh, the lab leak theory was big news, I, I, I remember a bunch of news reports coming out saying that there were no gain-of-function research labs within the United States, and that the only right. ones that could be linked were ones in China that we had funded in some way. Gain-of-function being um, studying ways to make pathogens more pathogenic. Right, and now they're doing this one within the United States and actually bragging about it. Yeah, but what you're saying, Alec, is they actually made a game of function. They made it less lethal. Why would they do that? I have no idea why they do the research they do. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. well, let's make it less lethal and examine that one. But anyway, <laughs> did everybody see the NFL come out? Uh, uh, David, you got something you want to add to this. Yeah, I, I, Austin University assures us that they are doing this gain-of-function research or whatever research in a safe manner. They take their safety seriously, and human beings never make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, did uh, Just happy accidents. People see the <laughs> NFL uh, clip of Joe Biden at the Philadelphia versus uh, Dallas Cowboy game this weekend. Oh, that too. All right. Talk about 80% lethal. 80% lethal. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to uh, pull up this, and hopefully, you know, Twitter did not take it down as I get it up here. Uh, there's Deflate part this. of it. There you go. There's the NFL. All right, first, I want you to see the NFL version of Jill Biden singing Fly Eagles Fly at the Philadelphia game. So here it is. All right, we'll stop it there. Okay, that's what the NFL put out. Here's what it really sounded like during that singing by Joe Biden. <laughs> Not really what you want to that hear. That sounds so different. It, it does sound different. How is that it? possible? It, it amazes me that they have no integrity at all. Yeah. The people in the media yeah. nowadays, right? Yeah. I mean, they were or the actually. NFL. Yeah, or the NFL. What are they trying actually, to hide? Yeah. Well, 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 you know, they're trying to hide the disapproval of the uh, of the Democrats. They're trying to hide that, and they're trying to make sure that people around the country don't see on, uh, you know, like primetime television that there's a lot of people that agree with you. Right. And maybe a reason for them to lose in an upcoming election. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if this game took place in a conservative area, city, and she was booed, I could see the NFL having good reason to want to cover up the booze. 
right? But this took place in Philadelphia. In other words, your battle's already over. It's gone. You can't fight it anymore. You have already have liberals filling the stadiums. These are the people that don't want to hear it, but they already know she's bad. We're booing her now, covering up the booze. Who are you trying to impress? It's already uh, reached the big cities. The Biden administration is hated. I disagree, though. If, if they keep the public at large from uh, noticing that they are as hated as what they are, then they can pull off another 2020 election. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's all, all right. part of the big lie. Yeah, I got David coming in. Yeah, I think the Philadelphia Eagle football players were happy about it because at least the crowd wasn't booing them for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia, whether they're 5-0 and this year. Are they? Yeah. yeah. I, I think they beat the Dallas Cowboys. I think, yeah, I think they're five and zero. So I don't follow it anymore. Yeah, they're not booing uh, those fans. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been the same since. <laughs> yeah, I got turned <laughs> off of the NFL several years ago. Right, ever since the Redskins, uh, yeah, are not what they. Who knows what they are? Now? Yeah, I don't do even care. Like the, yeah, the, the <laughs> Commanders. Right. Yeah. Commanders. Yeah. yeah. I think as a family, we are supposed to refuse to ever use that name. Right. Oh, we're I'm a not a Redskin fan, so we're, we're sticking with the Redskins, and somebody else can call them that other name if they want to, but we're going to stick with the Redskins. I know. I like the Redskins because they were Indians, and they wanted to beat the heck out of the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I like them. Ooh, that's so politically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, DC Comics has announced that it will axe the series of. Superman, son being bisexual. Yeah, that just crushes me. So I'm gonna pull this up. I want people to kind of see what we're talking about here. There we go. Oh there he goodness. is. <laughs> Superman's son <laughs> as a bisexual. Let's uh, scroll on down because we. I think we got some more. In, right? There oh, we go. Great. More, more hey. great pictures of it. And uh, let's see. Now, here's what the issue is really all about. It, just it was sad. Uh, it's just sad. It's just pathetic. It's pathetic, isn't it? Uh, Superman's son, you know, going to war against uh, people who deny the climate change. You can see what the Superman's son was all about. Uh, you know, school school strike for the climate. Uh, you know, climate justice, all that stuff. Rescuing uh, undocumented there's, migrants. There's no <laughs> else he does. Yeah, there's no was planet the B. Too. Was there a huge demand for a gay-themed Superman story? Why Evidently did they even not. do it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. They tried well, to make one, wow. but it didn't quite work out. Did it? Well, when it was originally released in July 2021, it had 68,000 buyers, and it ranked number 17. So that still wasn't all that good for a comic book series, right, on its initial release. And that was with all the media hoopla that went along with that. By its fourth issue, so only a few months later, in October 2021, 20, it only had 37,500 people that bought the magazine. And this last month, it dropped off to 34,000, so it's ranked down below the 55th uh, I guess, ranking mark for people that are buying this stuff. And I just want to point out something that was uh, retarded in my eyes. I'm sorry. I know I'm not allowed to say that word. But if you looked <laughs> at their, that little that little image of uh, protest signs, there was one of them that said, there is no planet B. And I'd like to remind everybody that uh, Superman was an alien. <laughs> you know, he just happened to land on Earth. There was there, there, there There's more population out there. 
It's yeah. And, it, and there's the another planet right? out there, yeah. and they're, they mean, can't it, even remember their they, own history. They, right. The, the comic <laughs> series can't be true to itself. Right. Right. Superman <laughs> did not come from Earth, so there yeah. was a planet B. Yeah. Yeah. There's more planets out there, and lore. Well, when I see that 37,000 people still bought that thing, that makes me feel like I feel when I hear that 26% of people still think that Biden should be reelected or should <laughs> run again. It's like there's just a certain number of just idiotic people out there who are going to. It'll be a collector's item in a few years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But oh. Montgomery County is all very happy. They had something to brag about uh, this week. And they kicked off their first in person Pride Alliance meeting. And they were able to announce that they had a 582% increase in students that are now gender nonconforming. This is in Massachusetts, I think? No, this is Montgomery County, Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Yes. Yeah, wasn't there uh, something that you were going to bring up on the laptop about this? I am. I'm just trying to figure out how I bring this stuff up on my laptop and not hide all my notes that I need. <laughs> to explain what's going on. Uh, but here we can see, you know, this is their, you know, their Pride Alliance kickoff. They're all happy about and can announce their over 500% increase in people that are now uh, non-gender conforming. And there's some stats that they were able to reveal. And what does that mean? And I'm sorry to sound stupid, but what is, is that just someone who's not, male or female or doesn't believe they're male or female what does that mean i, I think there's supposed to be anybody who uh is one of those letters in that gay alphabet yeah if you're any part of that letter if you're lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer i whatever all that uh, stuff if you means. feel oppressed by the gender <laughs> that you were assigned so far in life then you are one of these people. assigned okay right. now here's the thing it's upsetting enough right that Obviously, schools are pushing this on kids. You don't have that big of an increase from year to year unless the schools are pushing it on you. Yeah. Now, if you look at this picture here. And the and, Superman comic book. Yeah, mm. right. If you look at this picture here, you see on this woman's screen, it says, Welcoming Remarks, Beth, uh, I guess, Thomas. She's the uh, principal of Prince Orchard High School. She's over there greeting all of these nonconforming students. Off to your right. Uh, you say an you see an amazing kickoff event for the first in-person Montgomery County Public School Pride Alliance meeting. Uh, QO, that's the name of the school, was proud to host this opportunity to share glows and grows for LGBT students and staff. So here, if you're in this part of their world, they give you a room, they invite you in, and they talk about how proud they are of you. But if you are a straight student, no parties yeah, for no you. Parties yeah. for you. <laughs> no one's going to say how proud we are of you for, re for you know, staying straight the way <laughs> yeah. that you were born. For affirming your Oh, they your won't gender. be for long. They won't be straight for long. <laughs> Not yeah. with the way they're doing it now. It's only if you go against your parents that you get rewarded. Yeah, so you get all this special treatment if you're an LGBTQ person, right? Right. So no wonder, you know, they're helping to get these kids to flock over to this side. It's to like, reject their families, reject their churches, reject science, reject common sense, and come over to the liberals. And as you said, it is so evil when you really be serious about it to do this to our children 
ruin families like this. Yep. All for the sake of their their leftist agenda, just you know, splitting up families. It is really bad. Yeah. So the data was in 2019, uh, there were let's see, four students who are non-conforming in elementary school, 19 in middle school, and 12 in high school. But last year, those numbers increased to 18 elementary students, 129 middle school students, and 92 high school students. But according to the spokesman for the Montgomery County school system, don't believe these numbers because they're actually higher. These are just just self-reported numbers. There's more of them out there. Oh yeah, they're hiding. Right. Yeah. yeah it, who are it, afraid to talk about it? <laughs> so they're doing a great job. That's what they're saying. They're doing a great job of convincing these kids to become gender non-conforming. You can convince children of almost anything because they're children. Right. They're stupid. Well, <laughs> and and you know, and to me, it's like when you're going to school, like a relationship, it should be the last thing on your mind is opposed to like learning what you're in school for right. and things like that but and, it's yeah. the exact opposite now I, I believe david wanted to say something hey david uh do you still want to say it but I, i've lost it but it's clear that the reason that they're happy it's really weird that they're happy that the numbers are increasing they're happy that there are more children that are dissatisfied with the normal state of sexuality they're happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of school district is happy that children are dissatisfied with their normal sexuality? What's wrong with that? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Now, that news came out the same week that news came out of a North Carolina mother who went to a school board meeting on October 12th, and she wanted to rant and rave to school board members about a, a book called This Book is gay. I think we have a picture of that book, Michael. <laughs> this book is gay. Uh, and she wanted to read parts of that book to the school board members. And before she did read it to the school board members, she insisted that all the children leave the room. So I'm going to read to you the passage that she read out of this book. And obviously, I'm not going to say some of the words, so I'm just going to have to make this up as well, I I'm go a child, along. So I'm going to leave the room now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she says, oh. I'm going to read from chapter nine, the ins and outs of gay sex, starting on page 201, boy on boy sex. Perhaps the most important skill you will master as a gay or bi man is a timeless class, the hand job. <laughs> Important skill. What grade is this for again? Yeah, was this in the library now? Th this was found in the seventh grade class. Being taught. Yikes. Well, I'll, I'll only get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, good news is you can practice it on yourself. <laughs> the, I'm sure that's news to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bad news is there's bad news here too, right? <laughs> The bad news says each guy has become very used to his own way of getting himself off. So you have to try something like special now. <laughs> a good handy, <laughs> pun intended, a good handy is all about the wrist action. Rub the head head of his oh. C asterisk 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 back and forth with your head. Try different speeds and pressures until he responds positively. Uh, and that's all tonight for shout out patriots <laughs> and then get something for your face <laughs> gross out patriots 
Okay, this was in the classroom of a uh, seventh grade class. It was on the in-classroom student library shelf. That's where this mother found that book. And she was very upset about it and decided that she would read it to these school board members. Now, this was at the Charlotte's Mecklenburg Schools. It happened there. And they told the Daily Caller that this book was part of the teacher's personal library. It was never meant to oh. actually be mm. on the student library shelf in the classroom, but on his desk. Well, what, oh. are, what, are, what are teachers doing? I don't know. <laughs> With a book like this. Somehow it found its way. Into... <laughs> yeah, who believes that, right? I mean, all these incredible stories like PayPal last week. Oh, we just made a mistake. We didn't mean to really tell you that we're going to fine you $2,500 if you post misinformation. That was all an error, right? The NFL clip earlier today, you know, where we just, you know, we cut out all the booze, you know. That was just, you know, a mistake on our part. We didn't mean for you not to hear those booze. How is it different, though, from uh, a teacher bringing a penthouse magazine or a hustler magazine into their classroom and leaving it on the desk? Well, at least they wouldn't be turning them gay. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but that precisely is the point, though. It's because this is such a protected class that if it has to do with gay sex, even something as explicit as what I just read, we can't possibly go after that teacher. You can't object. Yeah. We can't object to it. We'll yeah. have the entire LGBT. Community. What kind of benighted, um, yeah, fundamentalist are you to, to object to this kind of, you know, broadening of horizons? Yeah, and now they want to, like, kick you off of Twitter and other social medias for calling them groomers, even though you find yeah. a book like this in right. a middle school class. This book is, like, even more grooming than the aforementioned penthouse or hustler would be, and which are intended for adults. Yeah, and the more stuff like this comes out about what they're doing in the schools, the more they double down. It's uh -huh. almost like it's intentional, like whack-a-mole. <laughs> we'll get you here, but we'll pop up over here and do something. We can't seem to find all of these instances. You know, uh, most people aren't our age, Patty, and they don't remember that when it was first debated back what? in the... Yeah, what? What am <laughs> I saying? What? Why'd you, why'd you say my name? Because <laughs> you and I are about the same age, Patty. Uh, and David, too. That's sexism. But I we remember so. <laughs> that when uh, a bill came up, uh, a ballot measure came up in California about allowing homosexuals to teach the public schools, it was actually voted down. It was voted down because parents said, if they're allowed in the schools, they're going to convert our children to homosexuals. Yeah. And, you know, that was just, you know, very homophobic back then, mm -hmm. right, to be able to say they, that. They'll be, they're going to bring in a book called This Book is Gay yeah. and <laughs> let's show it to your kids. And they'd be like, no, no, they would never do that. Well, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yep. And, you know. Uh, and it's a book aimed specifically at kids. If you allow gay teachers in the public schools, eventually there's going to be a school district out there that's going to have a 528% increase in people who claim to be gay. Right. You know, if you were making those accusations back then, people would say, oh, you're nuts, you're crazy. We're going to have parties for kids to encourage them to be gay. We'll have a party for you if you say you're gay. You but know, you know, in California, we'll they, pay attention to you. they actually uh, voted that ballot measure down. 
in um, California. In California, it was only overturned by a court out there. When was that? Uh, that was no, that was back in the uh, somewhere in the middle seventies. So oh, okay. Yeah. It was back with during the Harvey Milk thing, right? You know, so it was pretty what, early what on. What would it be like now? I wonder. Yeah, well, we know what it would be like <laughs> now. Wow. So anyway, uh, my final story for today is forget the Hippocratic Oath. Medical students in Minnesota are now taking the woke pledge. The University of Minnesota's incoming medical students were forced to take a woke pledge vowing to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the health care system. You could just dissect that statement, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so when you read the, the statement, the actual statement that they had to all the all these new doctors had to read it along with the guy at the podium. Yeah, we're going to play is, it. I hope you're going to read it because no, it's I'm just play it. it's like a okay, good. It's such a it's a it's, a, it there, it's a manifesto of stupidity. All the Twin Cities home. We also recognize this acknowledgement is not enough. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, we commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism, listening and amplifying voices for positive change. Okay, so this was a white coat ceremony, which means that if these kids wanted their diplomas, they had to take this pledge. Right. Oh, I didn't realize it was something that they were forced to oh, do. Oh, yeah, they were forced to do this pledge. I guess you could sort of mouth the words and, and um, not actually say it, but you still had to go through the motions of saying all this ridiculous stuff. Yeah, so anyway, they are committing themselves now to end the perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. Does anybody have a clue what the heck that even means? No. It's, it's, if I go to the doctor for a hernia, I'm not interested in like the colon, you know, anti-colonial aspects and ramifications of that. I just want my body taken care of. But you know, they also mentioned the, uh, the violence inherent in gender binary, right? Didn't they just say something like that? Yes. That's and that's really an attack against God because God created the two sexes. Mm -hmm. So this is very, you know, very godless, uh, very concerning. Yeah. The only structural violence in the healthcare profession I can think of is when a, a surgeon comes at you with a knife. Right. <laughs> or at a child. Are they supposed to not be or surgeons child, anymore? Because right. yeah. Looking to transition. I, I don't know what other structural violence. Remember, it's not just violence. It's structural right. violence. So what is the structure that causes the violence? Well, it's a physician coming at you with a knife. They call him a surgeon. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. your kids with a knife because your kids think they want to be a reindeer today. Well, there, there, there is a bunch of structures out there that are uh, Planned Parenthood and things like that that do pretty violent things to babies. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. that's There's not what they're trying to violence. stop. Yeah. Yeah. Some structural violence. Yeah. Yeah. Abortion mills. Yeah. Yeah, that is maybe, cooked. That's cooked into the system. Maybe that's this a, is the structural violence he's talking about that uh, you will go against abortion. Right. Mm. Um, it's it's such an example though of how the left has co-opted and taken over the gatekeepers of these powerful professions. Like you know, 
bar associations are talking this way too. Right. About lawyers, new lawyers. And and the American Medical Association, yes. the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American College of Surgeons, mm -hmm. I think. They're all they've all been co-opted by this way of thinking. And anyone new who wants to get through the gates into those magic hallowed halls of being a doctor now has to put their hand on their heart and recite this, I can't say the word that I want to call it. And you can't trust what comes out of these organizations. The medical community is a great example. Right. But they get to make these accusations, right? Because the way it's read here is that, well, this is a known fact, that there's a system of perpetual structural violence that's deeply embedded, embedded in the healthcare system. He, nowhere do they ever explain what they mean by that or any examples of this structural violence that's embedded in the healthcare system any more than the built-in uh, and present white supremacy and colonialism and gender binary uh, inequities that are built into it. Where's the evidence for all this? This is kind of like, you know, it starts off like the Kavanaugh hearing, right? I mean, you get in there, you make accusations. You don't have to prove any of it. It's just that I said it. Therefore, it's true. We're walking into a society nowadays where no one, these liberals don't have to back up anything they say. They just throw out the accusation and stick it to heart. And now, now they're making you agree to it. Right. Well, they get stated as fact. Degree. Yeah, they stated as fact. And people do believe it when they state it as fact. Well, the structure they are talking about, of course, is America. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Our whole system of excellence and meritocracy that has made this country what it is. That's what they're attacking, and that's what mm -hmm. they want to tear apart. Well, this is compelled speech, you know, mm -hmm. at its worst. You spent four years in medical school. You paid thousands. I don't know how much you pay to be a doctor nowadays. Probably over $100,000, right? Lots. To yeah. become a doctor. Right. And then at the last minute, they spring this on you. And they say, you have to repeat these words after me. That white supremacy right. has resulted in inequities in the hospital care system. You have to devote yourself and your career to tearing down the mm -hmm. institution that you just worked so hard to become a part of. Yeah, there needs to be some fight back. I'm telling you, you know, I, not a kid in that room stood up and said, I'm not saying this. Well, they're not going to be a doctor if they well, do that. Well, that's true. They, and they've threatened all through COVID to take doctor's licenses away if they didn't toe the line. So. They're going to jump through whatever hoop they have to. It's, like, yeah. it's, like the, it's, it's just like those congressmen who, you, who are pictured getting their photos taken with Joe Biden right. while he comes and fondles their children. <laughs> it's hmm. like they can't object to that because that might mean they're not in the club anymore. Well, I don't want to spring a unprepared legal question at David Carroll his way, but you know, if you did go through uh, medical school and at the last moment they say you have to take this woke pledge or we're not going to give you your diploma, uh, can they legally just say, well, you're not a doctor unless you say these words? I think they probably cannot legally, but if you put yourself in the position of one of those kids, those students, exactly. not kids anymore, I guess at that point they're, they're, they're young adults, but put yourself in their position. Let's say that they, they have strong principles and they don't agree with any of that stuff. Do they really want to spend a few more years not as a doctor to go fight mm -hmm. it? I, I don't think so. I think, I think that was a, if those people were children, that would have been child abuse. As it, as it turns out, it's student right. abuse. You don't want to be the student who says the emperor has no clothes. Mm -hmm. 
because that's going to get out. It's going to get around. It's going to get to all the boards. It's going to be on your resume, practically. It's going to affect every job you get. It reminds me of these swimmers at the University of Pennsylvania who are swimming with that Leah, yeah. with that big guy, you know, who's on the women's uh, swim team. And they were afraid to say anything about it because they, were, they would openly said, I'm afraid I won't be able to ever get a job if I come out publicly in a news story saying that this guy shouldn't be on the women's swim team. Well, well and they've just done something like this out in California. The governor out there has signed a bill uh, making it a crime or some kind of an offense for doctors to provide misinformation regarding COVID. They could lose their licenses. Mm. So I haven't heard of any doctors suing. I haven't heard of a big pushback because they could lose their licenses. So they're going to have to, I guess, you know, spout exact the government right. uh, theory even on opposing COVID, that even law, when it's been proven false yeah even opposing that law could could that's be right. the end of their medical <laughs> that's career that's right saying anything so people do shut up because they want they don't want to be they don't, don't want to lose their licenses they don't want to be condemned they're just hoping that maybe the axe will fall on the next person down the line well the sad thing is is that if everybody who thought like that did stand up a lot of this wouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. But nobody is doing that and it is happening and it's not going to stop until people actually do stand up. Right. And so, say this is just idiocy. This can't go on. Aren't we all happy to have a government that's a bully? Oh I yeah. Mean, the bigger government we have, the bigger They're bully bullying we have like to never face. Before. Yeah. But you make it sound like there's no hope then because you know, they're going to force you to do this stuff and you're just going to have to go along with it, which means basically they've won. I don't think they've won yet because I think that they're they're getting so outlandish with this stuff that it's going to finally the tide is going to turn and people are just going to go. No, this is just we're not going to accept this idiocy. We're not going to, you know, the emperor does not have clothes on. It's going to become so obvious. They're going to ask us to believe something so utterly ridiculous that mm -hmm. people are just going to go, no way. But don't forget how we all basically were like lemmings jumping off the cliff during COVID. We all stayed in at home. We all put the masks on. We all took the vaccines. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we really, we well, this, really did get in line. This point about eventually they're going to say something so over the top ridiculous that we're all going to finally take a stand. I mean, we're at the point now where we can pretend that a boy is actually a girl and a girl is actually a boy. I think we're past the stage. If you're not, if that isn't overly ridiculous enough, I can't imagine what could come next that would finally get people that upset to take a stand. So, right. hey, take a stand. This is Shout Out Patriots. And the reason why we started it, this is our one-year anniversary, by the way. One year. Yay. Wow. Yeah, for having this show. Uh, the reason why we started it is because we want patriots to shout out. We know we, we this is what we do for a living. We know how dangerous society is getting out there. We know how woke it's getting. We know how it's going to be coming to your doorsteps, whether you cover your ears or not, and whether you cover your eyes or not. And we have to shout out now. So, you know, continue to join our program and continue to give us a shout out when you uh, watch our podcast or listening to our podcast. Uh, Make sure you leave a comment. I'd love to see those comments. And uh, until next week, you know, everybody have a great week coming up. Bye-bye now.